Awesome. Well, welcome everyone to the Platform Podcast on today's show. I've got the legend, Seb Stefan, here joining us. Seb, thanks for joining us today, mate. And um, Seb's just back for the Christmas break. We worked with Seb a couple of years ago, helped him transition colleges, and um, he's had a, a very interesting college experience. Normally, athletes, I guess, go to a school for four years and stay there, right? Yeah. But for you, it was a bit different. But before we dive into that, why did you start playing footy, or I should say soccer, and uh, like who got you into it? Uh, it was more my dad got me yeah. into it, and because we're so like, we're not the biggest family, so he thought probably rugby's not the best like winter sport for me, so. Yeah, even though you've got a frame for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not at that time, but like, I was living in Ponsonby at the time, and nice. Western Springs was doing some course, and some of the, my school friends were wanting to make a team. So we, I joined a team and loved it ever since then. So yeah. Awesome. And I mean, position-wise, have you always played the, the soccer position that you're playing in right now, or did you start at a different position back when you were younger? Well, when you were younger, I didn't really play a position. You guys would just follow yeah, the yeah. ball, right? <laughs> yeah, as, they run, as they run around. But uh, what was it like under 15, 16, 17s? I was playing more left wing. Yeah. And then I think Murray from Western Springs said, oh, "Shout out to yeah, Murray, legend." A really good left back, so I decided to play left back and yeah. been there ever since. Stuck ever since. You mentioned you had a brother um, as well. Did he play? Did he play soccer? Yeah, as well? he, played, he played first eleven with me and Grandma for one year, which is pretty cool. So you guys played in the same team. Same team, yeah. Really? And um, but yeah, no, he's more of a cricket dude. But okay, yeah, it was good playing with him for a year. And this is your younger brother, right? Yeah. And so being your younger brother, were you nice to him in the team, or were you giving him yeah you know, a bit of grief? Me and a couple of the older boys, we did give a little shit, to be honest, but <laughs> nah, it was good though, he was yeah. good day. He loved it, because yeah. it was all of us, and he knew all my friends, because we were all in first eleven, so it was good. Sweet, I mean like, when you were 17, 18 years old, you in your last year of high school, you had a couple of options, stay in New Zealand, go to the States. I know we, we weren't the company that initially placed you in America, but why did you decide America was the option for you? The reason why I went to America is because I wanted to keep playing sports because I knew it was going to be really hard if I went to like say Wellington or Dunedin. Right. That I'd continue playing like really competitive soccer yeah. and wanted to keep getting my grades well because my grades weren't very good in New Zealand so mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to find somewhere I really wanted to go in New Zealand so yeah. this company reached out to me and they're like hey we can take you to America. and get you to some really nice schools I'm like okay yeah. and I was went to the ID camp and they yeah. said yeah so yeah it was really good there's quite a few companies that do the day that like send you a cheeky DM yeah. did you did you ever get DM'd at all? I got DM'd all the time it would especially be after tournaments yeah so I'd play a big tournament and you know if you play well I remember actually because um, I coached the under 18s and we were, we were there um, in June we were in Adelaide and I had one uh, agency message, 10 of my players on the team. Really? The same, just go through the entire same roster. message, copy and paste it, just went through my roster and had them all up and then they were all sitting there like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. But, um, explain the, what did you say, ID camp? Yeah, it was like, so what, what's, what's that? Um, so pretty much like a recruitment company had yeah, an ID yeah. camp, was it? It was at Mount Smart as well. Like, it was was like, it? Yeah, it was actually quite. Oh, man. Like, my whole, again, like my whole team basically went as well. Like my so it's team, a showcase. Yeah, showcase. And like, and then even after the under 17s yeah. tournament, they like hit me up again about it and like, hey, we can really get you somewhere nice. Yeah. Well, I guess like back then, that wasn't really something that was quite common. Yeah. And so it was the first time there's a recruitment agency saying, we're people from America, we're going to come and grade you on your ability. And mm-hmm. then 
if you're good enough, we'll, we'll charge you money, we'll help you. And people like, oh, people from America, like, this is a great opportunity. So I don't blame a lot of people going to it. But, um, I mean, I guess that right now with a lot of athletes going to the US now, there's a bit more of a spotlight now on recruitment agencies. And I feel like recruitment agencies are held much more accountable. Oh, a lot. Yeah. You, you feel 100%, 100%. that? 100%. 100%. Well, it's like, you know, the more that the college sport is getting kind of commercialized and, you know, the agency and with the NIL yeah. um, agreements, you know, it's, it is becoming a lot more of a spotlight on the agency side of yeah. collegiate sports. Yeah, and absolutely. And like when, now like the, when you're registering with the NCAA account, which you probably, you don't have to do it again now, no. you're nearly done, you're in your senior year, but um, when athletes register with the account, there's all these questions like, have you paid anyone to market your skills and ability? And then you've got to go and answer that. And then... They'll say, who did you use? Who was the person? What's their phone number? What's their email? How much did you pay? Was any portion based on you getting a scholarship? And they're asking all these questions because there were a lot of recruitment agencies, especially in Europe, saying, we're going to charge you X amount because you're a better level athlete than other people, but we're going to charge you X amount for the same services, but you're not as good. And we're going to charge you more. And so it was quite unfair. You have to charge out the same fee for everyone, and um, you have to make sure all your books add up. And... Recruitment agencies were getting caught out and kids were getting penalized for it, which is a bit of a shame But I mean you you had all these options to pick from why did you go to Sussex um, Community College? Why was that an option for you? Um, I really like so I like traveling so like it was really close to New York cool. And so I could it was like a 45 minute bus ride to get wow. to the middle of New York So it was like how much does it cost you to catch a bus from you know outside of 45 minutes away from Manhattan? It was 30 bucks from, and you can go from there and back. U- US? Yeah, US. Yeah. Wow, that's not bad. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, but other than that, it was because, again, my grades weren't very good at school and mm. my GPA wasn't great. So I couldn't get much academic scholarship for yeah. the big like, D1, D2 schools. Right. So I thought it's cheaper as well, a lot cheaper than going. A lot cheaper, man. So it was like, go there, do a couple of years there, try, get my GPA up, which I did, and now it's given me the opportunity to get better academic scholarships, yeah. plus I got more playing time than I probably would have if I went to a teacher I, school. I guess there is a bit of a stigma around junior college, correct? Yeah, yeah. people think it's tiered, like yeah. D1's the top of the triangle, yeah. and then it goes D2, and then D3, then NAI and JUCO, that's but, just not true. But yeah, and for some cases, JUCO is the top tier that you should be trying to go to. Mm. So like, I guess, how did, how did you deal with that? Like getting, fighting through that kind of stigma, like- In New Zealand where your mates are like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're going to a Juco. Like, like why, why aren't you going to Duke, you know? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't really see it like that perspective because I was away for so long, yeah. but like, I did understand like when I first went, I was like, oh, it's a Juco. And yeah. It's not like, because some of my mates mean like, big D1 schools, I was like, oh, why can't I do that? But then, yeah. when I went and played, like, we went to nationals and we versed, like, a Dallas academy in the yeah. MLS, and these guys were crazy. Like, you have, like, ex-professional players, brothers playing for this team, and yeah. we're like, holy crap, these guys are good. So, yeah. it was like, after that, I was like, I can't see a preference or, like, a stigma between it, because these guys would have been anyone. And as long as you're there playing soccer, yeah. you know, what, what else is there? Yeah. Well, you've got four years of eligibility and you've got a couple of options. You either pay, you, some people pay a lot of money to sit on the bench. Me, personally, I would have preferred to go to a program where I get minutes yeah. and get opportunities. Now, you, and being in a junior college system, which is its own system, did you play against Division One and Division Two schools sometimes? At Juco? Yeah. 
We play in pre season or anything? A lot of good D2 schools we yeah. play against. And how did you go against these D2 schools? Uh, it was all pre-season games, so like, they would always swap, and like we would swap as well, like positions, not positions, but like members, so mm. everyone could get a decent amount of play. But like we played a good three or four D2 yeah. schools in the pre-season. Did you get any dubs? Got a lot of draws, not a lot of dubs, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, because we were such a small team, like we only had like 16, wow. 16, 17, 18 squad members, yeah. So That's just asking for injuries. It is asking for injuries, yeah. so... Yeah, no, a lot, uh, guaranteed a lot of playing time though. Well, that's it, right? And I think that if you go to junior college, you're there for two years and then you get your associate's degree, which is your ticket to then cross-credit, mm -hmm. right? To, for your last two years at, at a four-year university. And what's the point of going to a Duke if you're not playing? Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I remember when we were working with you and we just had this, like, big folder of video footage. And for the listeners that are um, listening to this podcast today, so we started working with Seb when he was just about to finish his time at junior college and then uh, they came on board with Platform Sports to help transition to a four-year school. And I remember doing a video and we, we asked for a bunch of footage and you had it, which was fantastic. It was very hard to see though because yeah, they had the... It was pretty bad. The fields were like American football fields yeah. half the time. And so trying to figure out where the lines were for the soccer field was right. a bit niggly. Yeah, no, we, we always played on, on lacrosse. Lacrosse would have been the same. We played eh? on football, football turf as well. Yeah. Or soccer turf. Um, we were quite fortunate we had a nice yeah. soccer turf that we could play on, but... Yeah. Do they make, do they make the, like a... Is it an outline on the field for lacrosse, or what did yeah. they have to make it? No, there was. I'm trying to remember right. We, we had two fields, like, yeah. and um, one of them wasn't marked out. It was marked out as a football field with just a couple circles for the goals. Oh, uh, yeah. Creases, but then... um. We played on a soccer field that also was a lacrosse field, mm. but you know, turf is so much better. Yeah, I don't know you what reckon. you think. Yeah, but do you yeah, prefer do you turf think? or? What do you think, grass or do you reckon a nice a nice grass field for soccer is really good? Yeah. But like Astro is so consistent. So yeah, do you play do you play on Astro in the winter time? Yeah, we do. Because otherwise the fields would just go, wouldn't they? Yeah, like it gets really bad. Like if you, yeah. if you play in winter in like North Carolina, because yeah. it's not like cold, cold, but like. It rains quite a bit where we are, so like if you play like a couple of times on the on our practice field, it gets pretty bad. Yeah, so I bet. as well. So I bet. You know, like in New Zealand, when you're playing, um, you're playing soccer here, club level, people are quite passionate. You get a lot of spectators coming to it. You get a lot of people, you know, sledging the ref, sledging the the opposition. Yeah. Did you find that being the same in America or worse or less? Well, I think personally, New Zealand refs are a lot better than American refs because they because yeah. America has different rules to yeah. us, like unlimited subs. Yeah, rolling, like, rolling subs. Yeah. So that was interesting, and other rules, but it was mostly the coaches used. They used to rip into the refs. Really? And like they got like my, my coach this year got about he almost got suspended because he got four yellow cards. <laughs> Just coach for yellow. Yeah, for yellow cards, just ripping into the coach. I mean, but like, no coaches could get yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can. But like, honestly, the way he was doing it was like, because we had some pretty bad refs this yeah. year. Yeah. We thought we got pretty mugged off in some games. So because like, these these refs are volunteers, right? Or they are they I paid think, refs? I think the paid refs were D two, but like, I don't know about junior college. Yeah. But, yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, no, it was pretty. We were pretty. What about you, mate? Any yellows? One yellow. One oh yellow. yeah. First game. Of the uh, was it justified season. or were you like, nah, mate, you got that wrong? Oh, I was just angry, so I kind of pushed him out of the way. So. <laughs> Rugby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was not very happy that game. but Yeah, I bet. Oh, man, what about you? I mean, I know that lacrosse is a very physical sport and you're a bit of a unit, may I say. <laughs> did you did you get into any altercations at all? Did your coach get a bit lippy to the refs? 
when I when I coach, I'm I'm super peaceful. No, I'm talking about your college coach. In the my stage. college coach. Oh yeah, well, this is like my first game. I think yeah, it was the first preseason game, and I do my face off at the start, and then I ran down and just ended up just hitting some guy. Got sent off for a minute. Coach pulls me aside. He's like, "If you do that, I'm going to send you back to New Zealand." <laughs> so from that moment, I, I, I kind of realised, right, it's a different kind of game because New Zealand the refs aren't as like competent, I guess, or they so they miss certain things, whereas those American refs just throw flags yeah. at anything. Yeah, yeah, nah, and I guess like especially the, from the crowd perspective, a lot of our athletes say that there's a lot more hype around the games. Mm. Like your university friends and classmates would come out and support you yeah. at Barson College or D2 that you're at right now in your in your senior year. Did you find that that there was a lot more support? So the, we had like a rule basically about them that if your team goes supports another team, they'll come support you. Oh, cool. So we had a lot of basketball players come. Nice. A little, a couple, like sometimes we had some American football players come. Yeah. Tennis players came a lot because they're all international. The tennis players apparently, because we had Marta Savio. Yeah. Remember that Australian tennis yeah. player that we had? I met him in Baden for a good week or two before he left. Mate, he's, we such, he's such a great guy. He's now at Weber State. Yeah. But um, when he was at Barton, he said that the tennis boys used to get on so well with the soccer lads, like they were the closest yeah. sports group. We were, definitely, because even like, even like pre-season, I would yeah. go play with some of like the Scandinavian boys, yeah, yeah. and we played pickleball. Oh, dude, yeah. how do you like pickleball? Bro? I love pickleball. It's blowing I, up. I think it's awesome, like yeah. it's so quick and easy, and it's, because we got caught like four or five courts, yeah. right, Right beside our school, so it's yeah. Can you, you guys explain pickleball? pickleball to me? I've seen it. All Mate, it's like a it's mini. It's like a mini tennis court. They've got little pedal bats and they've so got this like aerated ball, way. like a solid ball. But there's rules in it. There's like a line, a little section at the front just before the net that you're not allowed to enter in. Okay. And it's just like tennis, but it's blowing up. And I'm pretty sure Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, yeah, and got like a Tom Brady, yeah. uh, Naomi Osaka, tennis player, uh, Nick Kyrgios just invested like some like four million or something into it, like. Yeah, it's becoming a big thing, and it's a lot of people playing these videos of Kevin Durant, right. this like seven foot <laughs> yes. unit playing pickleball. It's just absolutely crazy. And I was actually talking on the phone to um, Jenny Bindham, who was the head women's coach at the time at Loyola Marymount University D1, and we were on the phone for like half an hour. She goes, I'm, I've got to go, I'm so sorry, I'm running late for pickleball. And so I was like, Oh, all good. <laughs> and so she hung up and took off. And a lot of these D1 tennis coaches that stopped coaching tennis. They're now um, running pickleballs. You know that we were just talking before this podcast about Palm Beach Atlantic, about how your new coach used to coach at Palm Beach Atlantic in the men's soccer program. Well, the former head coach at Palm Beach Atlantic, his name's Brian, yeah. he runs a pickleball club now, and he left to go coach pickleball because there's more money in it. It's just, it's a blowing up sport. I'm just waiting until it becomes an NCAA see, sport. That's what I would say. I, was like, I would do that instantly. Like, I would be... I'd be so good at that, I reckon, if they made it into yeah, the sport. Yeah, 100%. I mean, well, your, your hand-eye coordination ain't too bad. You know, lacrosse <laughs> running around with a stick and a ball is, is pretty difficult. How's your racket sport game, mate? I've, I don't have any film to back me up. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but so I'd, like to say, I'd like to say I'm half decent. I mean, you know, I, I, can, I tend to pick up a stick and be able to hit things, so... You know, I, that's why I want to play tennis next year, and we'll get out there and we'll see how I go. Well, we did say that I will mic you up, and you can return my brother serve and yeah, see oh. see how it goes. Oh, jeez, I don't want to worry about him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clip that yeah. up one for the Instagram reel. <laughs> but I mean, I told him he needs to work on his flying. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he needs to work on a lot of things. 
Um, in terms of like your time at Barton, so you went two years at junior college and then you transitioned to Barton. How was it going from a, D to, uh, a junior college environment to an NCAA Division II environment? Oh, I had no expectations of what it could be like, so I was kind of oh, like 50-50 and like I had to find my own way down there and then because most of these schools are in like small towns because yeah. of you know how expensive it is. Mm. So I get there and I'm like there's all just farmland and stuff. I'm yeah. like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. But then I went actually, Especially like coming from Auckland. Yeah. Where you've like, been living in the city. Everything's close together. Yeah. And like Sussex, it was really like the same thing. It was no nothing around. It was just like a little town. Half, 45 minutes, yeah. half away from Manhattan. Yeah, like. exactly. But like, and then Barton was really close. It's got like a pretty big town. because so I went into it and I was like, oh wow, there's actually quite a bit there. And like, if you want to be a party goer, there's one of the biggest schools. Which you're not, right? Well, of course not, but like, <laughs> it's a big school called Greenville, yeah. which is pretty big, ECU. Yeah, yeah. So you just go over there for, it's like half an hour drive to get yeah. there, and it's pretty how, yeah. how did the whole transfer process work, like logistically, right? Obviously, you went to JUCO first. It was, you know, a fair distance from Barton, I'm guessing. Yeah. And you obviously bought all your stuff to move into the, into the JUCO, yeah. and then how do you get all that from one college to the other. Did you rent a U-Haul and go for a drive, or? So, I was I was gonna buy, I did buy a car. Yeah. But What car? Uh, what was it? It was a really old 2000 Honda. There we go. Yeah, was, there we like, go, classic. And I was gonna take all my stuff down that, but then I ran out of time, and had to sell it off quickly, and then I had to ring my dad, like, Dad. Yeah. I got no way of getting down here, what do I do? And he's like, okay, I got you. And he gets me, like, a rental van. Right. And this guy drives me all the way down, which is about eight hours. Yeah. And I had about three bags of all be, my stuff. That'd be my biggest nightmare, honestly. Just be feeling like stuck with all this stuff and then having to get somewhere else in a foreign country. Yeah, yeah. I was scared. Because then I got all my stuff, left, got out of the van, and the guy just leaves. I'm like, where do I go now? Like, I was just in the middle, I was, I was, I was, I was middle of campus. And I had no idea what I was doing. With all these bags. Yeah. Oh. I just looked like such a weirdo because I had all my stuff and it was raining. And I'm like, oh, what no. do I do? Uh -huh, Call no. Coach Steve. I, 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 I was like, Barry, what do I do? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll come around and get your keys for you. And yeah, see keep you set up. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, no, I think that, like, obviously the thought of it is real scary, but once you're there, people are actually real friendly. Oh, yeah, they are. How was, it, how was it being welcomed at Barton? With our coaches, they were like, because we have two coaches that were past players, so mm -hmm. they knew exactly what we were going through, yeah. and they were internationals. So they were really friendly, and they were offering advice, and... Coach Barry also well, all that well, all that as well. Yeah, is also like he was really helpful. Yeah, and yeah. Like, he's a nice guy. If you need anything, call me. He also sets up all the Americans because obviously internationals mm. can't work. But like, he sets up all the like the out of state Americans yeah. with jobs and stuff. So cool. now he's a really good dude, and they really, really do help. He went the extra mile, and I feel like when I was talking to a lot of coaches about yeah, we were trying to place at a four year school. Uh, Coach Barry at Barton, the assistant coach at the time, he was just such a nice guy and he was like people first and, you know, soccer second. Yeah. And that's what I liked and that's what kind of vibe I got from your parents. Like they just wanted someone to take care of yeah. you that would really, that would be there when you're like, when things are going not so great, that's someone that you want to support you. Yeah. And that's what I felt with Coach Steve. It's a shame that he's not there anymore and we actually still keep in touch, um, et cetera, just in case he jumps back into the college system mm -hmm. as well. But I mean, it must have been nice having those group of boys, and obviously we connected you with Mateo as well, because yeah. he was there at the time, right? Yeah. The tall, handsome, <laughs> the tall, handsome Australian lad. 
Yeah. Well, the good thing about Barry was, like, even to this day, he still invites us to his house yeah. to, like, get food and stuff. Oh, cool. Even though he's not even part of the program anymore. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it was cool seeing Mateo because it gave me some sort of reference of, yeah. like, what I could, like, say, ask someone and, like... Because he was there for the first two weeks when I was at Barton, so he showed me around some things cool, and told me what to do, what not to do. And yeah. But, yeah, no, it was good that I had him for a little bit. I guess... I guess that's a great thing about soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, um, is the international aspect of it. Because that's what, something that I, I feel like I miss quite a bit with lacrosse. Lacrosse is an American-Canadian sport, right? Mm. There's not many other countries that take lacrosse as seriously as those two. Yeah. So, like, I, could, like, I remember when I was over there, I actually probably spent a lot of time with the tennis team or oh, the yeah. soccer team because they were all international students as well. You know, they yeah. were from England yeah. and... Whereas on the lacrosse scene, they're all they're yeah, just all Americans. It's actually very rare to find a soccer program with just all Americans. Yeah, it's very rare to find that. And even now, a lot of the coaching staff is actually international which coaches, is, yeah. which is which is fantastic. Let's talk about uh, living conditions, right? So you've lived at Sussex. You also lived at Barton. Did you ever have any? I'm going to put in the spot here. Did you have any horrendous roommates? I've only had. Oh, I did actually. No, I did have one at Sussex. Where Are you still friends with him, by the way? And would he be listening to this podcast? <laughs> no, I don't think he would. But he used to snore so loud, and like the second day, yeah, I was like filming myself, and I was like in bed, I can't sleep. And Is it like one of those Instagram videos that the boys pretend to do the rowing to yeah, the snoring? Like, I could have done that, but like I was doing that. I was gonna send it to like my brother, and I end up sending it to my on my story. Yeah, and they're like. <laughs> and they're like Wow, I feel so bad for you. Like, this is gonna be so horrible for you. I'm like, oh god, why did I put that on my story? Because he was also on my story, so he saw that in, like in the morning, like pushed me. He's like, why did you put this on your story? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I did that. But I was uh, just meant to send it behind your yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you get out of that one? Yeah, yeah. You can't really. You just have to take it on the chin. Yeah. It's just like, oh, sorry, mate. And then just never talk about <laughs> yeah. it again. I uh, know, it was bad, but... Cool, I'm re- I want to go transfer colleges right now. <laughs> yeah, he understood, though, because he's, he's had roommates before, so he was yeah. like, yeah, I understand what that. About, what about you, mate? I had no problems. Because uh, you were the guy that snored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I had, um, I had Casey. Shout out Casey, wherever he is um, yeah. these days. He's, he was a great friend of mine. Yeah, he cool. still is, and hopefully you get to see him next year. Yeah. But, it, um, it must be like a little bit nerve-wracking walking into this room not knowing who your roommate is or anything about them is it that was. it was is that scary i don't know about you but i was because yeah. especially because i don't know i went early a few days for the yeah. international orientation so i kind of had the room to myself for three or four days kind of yeah. just just waiting mm. waiting like the anticipation for like who actually is this <laughs> guy yeah. seen his instagram don't know what he's actually like yeah and then i met him and you know we've got along like a house on fire yeah, I had, I had a few athletes call us um, when they first went to college and some of the issues that they had was they said, look, the, the roommates are great, but they play FIFA all night till like three in the morning and they invite their mates over because not everyone's got a TV in their dorm room yeah. and they just have got an assignment due and up at night and then they're trying to get some sleep and they can't and then issues happen. Did anything like that happen with you? See, I'm not one that we had the mates in the room and play PlayStation <laughs> 3 a.m. That was you guys? Yeah, so we've had... Okay, you... So we've got... We're going to a room of four yeah. in, like, an in-campus suite. So, like, yeah. you have two two bathrooms and everyone's got their own room. Oh, cool. Oh, that's neat, eh? Hey? It was really... Yeah. It's really nice. So, so like, it's like a studio kind of vibe. Yeah, and you also yeah. got, like, a living room. So we oh, have, like, okay, a nice good. TV and stuff. So we all play 
like FIFA and yeah. whatever, like Fortnite stuff. So yeah. we were playing at like 10 p.m. This is like the first day because we had preseason, so we were already been here. Yeah. But like the roommate who wasn't like part of the soccer team. He was trying to go to sleep, and he's like a mid student. So, he's so was there three three soccer boys and then three one, soccer boys and then one. What are they called? Narps, right? Yeah. Who's the one that narps? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so like he came in at ten pm. He's like, oh, can you turn down the volume? And we're like, it's not even that loud. But like, I, when I went to bed and they still play, I was like, yeah, that is quite loud actually. So <laughs> yeah. it made sense, but. Nah, it's good having like teammates yeah. as your roommates because obviously they've got the same sort of skills. Well, that's exactly right, isn't it? And they can sort of help you out, but it's also good having other people because mm. you see these guys twenty four seven basically. Yeah. So yeah. having those sort of roommates where they not really do the same thing as you. Yeah, and it's also branching out your network, right? Because you wouldn't exactly. really get to chat with these people too much because you'll be away playing or mm. training, and obviously lectures are something, but it's real quiet in the lecture room. You're not there for a chat, so. Yeah. It, it, it must be it must be nice getting to meet other people. In regards to your day to day at Barton, for mm. for athletes and parents that are listening to this that are really curious about what college life is like, what was your day to day? I know you got two different seasons, so let's yeah. start with the fall season. Let's say you're competing. Yeah. What would be your day to day? So preseason, it was pretty hectic. It was like three week preseason. Yeah. Uh, this year was a lot more sport, like soccer related, because last okay. year with. Steve and um, was it like yo yo tests and stuff? Yo yo like tests, gym in the midday because it was so hot. So yes, yeah. we'd have a morning session, gym session, and then we'd play like eleven v eleven. But like oh, wow. this year, it was easier. It was like we had a not easier, but it was just more different. Different, yeah. but like so we had an early session of like six a.m. because it's so hot, so you can't really do anything midday. Yeah, you really can't really do anything, and then you do. Like a another eleven v eleven, but we wouldn't do the gym session yeah. this year, which was actually quite nice because mm. it mean that we could recover. Cool, man. That's good. And like when you're going away, for example, you you got a game on Saturday. You got a cat. Maybe it's an overnight game because yeah. it's quite far away. Do you have the relationship with your professors? We you, maybe you got an assignment due on Monday where you get like an extra deadline or something. Have you ever had that happen? I have, because we had one game. It was against Chuang, which a really good yeah. D two school. They, like, the girls' team for us had COVID, so they had to, they had to do all their stuff into like two hours, and they don't have yeah. flights. Yeah. So we went there for three hours, and I knew I had an assignment that day, so I thought oh, I could get back and do it quickly. But they postponed it for the next day, and I had no time to do it. And I'm like, hey, I've got a game tomorrow, and I've been all the way with like a road game. Yeah. Could you please give me like an extra three days? And they're like, yeah, I totally understand that. Cause wow, that's so good yeah. that they're on board to support yeah. you with that. Because that must be so stressful thinking. Yeah, I have to get home and I have to get this, <laughs> get done. this exam done. Yeah, yeah, exam assignment. They're normally pretty good, especially if you're international students as well. Yeah. Like, if I was going to leave early, I could m message my professor and be like, hey, I need to do this a little bit earlier. Would you mind? And they'll be like, yeah because they've just put on lockdown browser so you can't do anything about yeah. it so do your professors get to know you guys on a first name basis like is your lecture rooms a reasonable size where they'll get to know you quite well or is it a really big lecture room where maybe the professor might not know the students so with Barton it's a really small school yeah so there's about 2,000 mm -hmm. students and we're all basically student athletes which makes it it's really a big nice. sports academy yeah isn't it? basically yeah so like 
I'm in the educational field, so I have basically the same classmates, almost every subject, which is really cool. So we're all really close together. And professor-wise, again, we've got three or four professors that do education. Awesome. And they teach, they basically know us on a personal level now, so. And any of the boys in your team, are they studying the same thing that you're doing? No, but I've got one of the uh, girls in the okay. soccer team, they, so we basically do everything together. Yeah, I bet. Comes to education, so yeah, the presentations cool. and stuff, we help each other out, yeah. Was it the same thing with you? Like, when you were at, when you were at your school in the States, at Chestnut Hill, right? and you're studying there for the first couple of years and your lacrosse team, did you have anyone that was doing the same courses that you were doing? Yeah, yeah, and well, was it, was I was it doing nice? business, so it was nice. And I mean, like, we had, um, there was actually, I remember, uh, one class, we had our assistant coach as our professor and there was no, about right. five of our boys on the lacrosse team. <laughs> so we know who was getting asked all the questions. And, and <laughs> two, two, other, two other guys, there was only a class of seven and, you know, five of them were lacrosse players and the lacrosse coach was our professor for it. Wow. So that was cool, I mean, yeah. that was, um, yeah, that was easy, but I've, I've, I want to know the difference, right? Because obviously you've done JUCO and you've done D2. Mm. What are the what are the difference in like facilities, like you know your your kind of your training rooms and your like access, access to that kind of recovery stuff? Yeah. What is what are the, was there much of a difference? There was quite a bit difference. Like yeah. say for the training room and like the physios at yeah. Sussex, we literally had one physio right for all sports. And we we didn't have that many sports, but like, what you guys have like, eight or ten? Yeah, about eight or ten. Yeah. yeah. So she was going around everywhere. Ten so Yeah. You really had to like have a, like an appointment or something with her to do it. But luckily for us, our assistant coach was also trained as a physio, so he get he was able to take us in and to do ice baths and, and do all, do yeah, all the tape, tape jobs and stuff. And, yeah, gotcha. But like at Barton, we have our own physio for the team. At Barton, so you've got your own strength and conditioning coach, which is great, yeah. and your own physio as well. Mm -hmm. What's the recovery rooms like? So we do our recovery room in a because we've got like a all student weight room, and then we've also got a student athlete weight room specific kind of gym. Yeah. yeah. So we've got everything. There's about twenty racks of all sorts of weights, and we just do recovery in there and. Do stretches and do like recovery weights. Cool. Which was so you got the ice baths and ice baths, everything. Yeah. Ice. What do you What do you guys? How do you guys deal in an ice bath? Like, are you guys okay jumping? I love in? it. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. Uh, I actually do. Yeah. It's really yeah. nice. Yeah. Did would you? Because I see like a, like a mate of mine. His name's um, Arts. He he swears by it, and he bought like this fridge and then turned it into like an ice bath. <laughs> Obviously, takes the bug out. <laughs> um, but he t he puts it into it's like a big freezer, I should say. Puts it into an ice bath and does it every morning. And I'm like, mate, how do you get in there in the morning? I every every morning. every morning when my showers, I always flick it to cold for the last thirty seconds. Um, I remember we were watching some documentary, me and the flatmates, and they said to do it that way. Oh, it might have been that Chris Hemsworth on that that Limitless. Who's oh that? yeah, 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 yeah. I have where, seen it. Where he's it, apparently. It's, lengthens your life by like five years if you just oh my 30 God. seconds cold shower at the end of it just shocks your system kind of thing i don't know i couldn't do that whether or yeah. not it works i could maybe do it at the beginning but then at the end no way well, well that's that's my thing with with ice baths even though i, I I'm, I'm quite content with getting in an ice bath when i haven't been running but i remember over in korea when we were playing when i'm sore after a game i can't stand ice baths but when, when I'm not sore, I can do it perfectly fine. Mate, like, because when I was playing tennis growing up, we would play, like, maybe three or four matches a day at yeah. these tournaments. Just be bugging. And every, after every match, we'd have a shower. And uh, you would know which uh, which locker room my brother was in because he's the one that was screaming at the top of the <laughs> my dad's just going, hot, cold, 
hot, cold, yeah. and just yeah. like shocking the system every time. And then he goes, I'm right, yours here. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I used to battle just with that. Just go hop in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. But nah, hot and cold showers are an absolute chat. That's the way to go. But ice baths, man. Uh, I guess they say like the first 10, 15 seconds is brutal, but apparently you burn a lot of calories doing ice baths because yep. your heart rate spikes and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, your body has to start working harder to keep your inner like temperature, core yeah. temperature or something. And you've got to like control your breathing yeah. and it's great for you. But oh, I, I must say though, you know when you go to like a beach and the water's ice cold, mm. no one can tell me that they feel bad getting out of the beach like <laughs> when the water's freezing. Nah. Like you feel so much better. Yeah, especially on a nice day and you go lie yeah. down and you just slowly just kind of Ooh, get back to that yeah. nice temperature. How, much, how, important, how important is like injury prevention stuff for you guys? Like foam rolling and all that sort of stuff. So we do foam rolling and like we got the bands. Like we've got one of the boys who's really, he's like had an ACL injury. He yeah. uses the foam roller and... Like religiously. Religiously. Yeah. Before every training, he does the bands, the rollers. And the muscle guns. Muscle guns. Oh, we yeah. do have one of those as well. I love using those in the bus. When yeah. you like before games, you just get yeah. yourself... Oh, and the old hip flexors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, mate, they go away. They do go. So yeah. it's like, yeah, that's nice. But yeah, we do do quite a bit of stuff, like a lot of warm-ups, a lot of recovery sessions. Yeah. So it makes That's sense. awesome. And what kind of like clothing do they give you? Obviously, apart from your competition mm. um, outfit that you wear, what kind of other gear do you get given to wear, like gym, leisure? So we get three training tops. Yeah. And it's doing me different colours, so we can't use last year's gear to sort of slack off because yeah. you've because it's not fair on the freshmen because they mm. don't have all the gear. Yeah. yeah. But like we have a jumper. Uh, a polo to wear to games and another two or three pairs of shorts for training and you also get provided a game because we don't game keep, we don't we don't keep our game kit yeah you so they, it turns you, up yeah the turns same, up the yeah. day so we we do that any training shoes or anything no we don't have that because we've got too many players but we oh, do yeah. have that at other sports like basketball gear on so jealous of that. Like they get their own nice shoes and volleyball they get to pick their own they get to pick their own shoes and like we get gear and stuff for like and we're like one of the best we have one of the best sports at Barton so we were like so you got a bit we of were, a budget we effect with the athletic department we got that we were really pissed about that <laughs> yeah nah there's the, the amount of budgets that some of these sports teams get mm. is absolutely ridiculous I was saying on the, on our other podcast before that I had a division one college coach with me um, last week he's just over here watching some tennis tournaments and then going to stick around for the ASB Classic and when I was dropping him and his wife to back to the accommodation uh, I asked them about their budgets and what they have, and he only has 10 guys on his team. Each of them get 30k a year to get spent on US on equipment. It's just absolutely it's ridiculous. Like, and I guess that's that's why a lot of people are going to college because they are getting a lot of things given to them, which yeah. is great, which is fantastic. Now, a lot of okay, so this this could be quite controversial. I'm just going to say <laughs> it anyway. Um, a lot of people in New Zealand, so we get a lot of coaches saying, or a lot, no, sorry, a lot of athletes come back from America, mm. and they're saying, "Wow, there's some athletes in New Zealand that are actually quite soft. Like you have to you have to play through a lot in America and go through a lot mm. in America." Do you agree with that? Uh, last year, especially. Do you have to have thicker skin when you're over in the do, US? Because sometimes, like it's a big game, mm. the coaches will be like, "Hey." We really do need you to play. Like they give you, tell you to go to like physio, Fran, go there before the game, do about an hour and a half, whatever you can. Yeah. Take some um, medicine if you need to. 
prescribed medicine, of course, mm. and try to get you to that level where you can play. Because yeah. some, because it can be quite competitive, and if you don't get to those playoffs, it really hurts the coaches to do well in the uh, recruitment yeah. for next year. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you deal with the politics of it all? Because it is quite political, isn't it? Mm, yeah, Soccer and football as a whole, in both in New Zealand and in the States, I'm guessing. Yeah, do you, do you feel like, obviously you're competing for a starting spot mm. with some of your teammates, and do you find that there's a little few games being played sometimes between the team? The coach used to do that to us, so he would like, really? he would swap half of us out and then put us in the other team, like, and be like, um, hey, no one's got a guaranteed spot, which is actually quite good, because that gives you the competitive edge, mm. of, like, keep getting does, better. Yeah. But other than that, I kind of stayed just out. Just to play. Yeah. yeah, get out, get there, and try my hardest, and yeah. try and get as many minutes as I can. Because there's a lot of kids here in New Zealand that um, their parents, you know, fight a lot of their battles with mm. the coaches here. Yeah. And if they're not happy, they'll just get up and go to a different club. Yeah. And there's some kids that have a few niggles and will sit out of games. Whereas in college, I know a few of my athletes, they won't say anything. They'll play through injuries. Now I'm not saying every person that here is like that. We've got an athlete, you know, Flynn Saxon. Yeah. Mate, he played the whole national secondary broken school ribs. champs with like four broken ribs and didn't tell anyone. Yeah, he's a hard dude, that one. Yeah, I know. I'm so pumped. We need to talk about him after this podcast, by the way. Um, but in terms of like, you know, athletes having thicker skin, is there moments where you've been over there and you're like, I'm not going to tell the coach that I'm feeling a little bit off today. Like, I'm just going to get after it. If it's a game, I probably wouldn't tell them because I really, I love playing and do it for the boys and like you don't want them to fail because or someone to snake your spot yeah of course like you yeah. don't want to lose that side spot so sometimes if it's trainings be a little bit less like I'll be like mm, I'm not really feeling it could I maybe miss out on the 11 v 11 for something like do the rondos stretching the but still be proactive still right? be proactive of course but like yeah. maybe not just sitting in your dorm yeah not yeah. sitting in your dorm playing playstation mm. yeah but other than that yeah it was you're trying to be pretty resilient because the coach sees that and be like, hey, he doesn't really want to play. So, why yeah. would you want to... Again, you're there to play soccer, so I thought, if I want to like do really well, I've got to tough it up. Well, that's the thing because the reason why I bring this up is a lot of athletes get surprised with, with how coaches can react in the States and they'll call me... Soon, and this is like two months after they're arriving in the States and this is the reason why we have this podcast to discuss this because mm. I don't think any other agencies doing and discussing this because college isn't all sunshine and rainbows it is difficult it is yeah. such a challenge it's cutthroat super cutthroat you're there by yourself mum and dad aren't there with you the coach has got a job to do if he doesn't perform his job's on the line and he has to make big decisions and so I had an athlete that phoned me recently and he said I'm, re- I'm really upset with what the coach said to me he said I'm not good enough he pretty much said I'm, I'm not working hard enough in trainings and all this sort of stuff like I want to come home and I said I said to the athlete I said listen like they're going to say they're going to have conversations like this and this is going to continue to happen mm. um, throughout your entire career as a soccer athlete like you're just going to have to take this on the chin and listen to what they're saying but use it as motivation to go and do better but I feel like in New Zealand, there's some coaches here that are real pat on the back kind of thing, mm. and it might not prepare athletes for those big moments. I mean, what advice could you give other athletes that are going to the stage right now around that sort of kind of topic? I think you just got to keep an open mind about it, like because if you are one of those people that really nurture your body and like you need to be like safe, you just got to really like do the hard work after that then, because you need to tell your show your coach that you are wanting to be part of the program because if you don't want to be part of the program the coach is going to be like hey 
I'm going to put you in depot team until you get your stuff sorted out. Or why don't you jump on the transfer portal? Exactly, yeah. Mm. So it gives them the option to take away your scholarship if you join the transfer portal. So. Yeah, 100%. And look, I mean, I'm not saying that all coaches are like this. I had a coach that had a go at one of my players, and I actually called my athlete saying, let's go, let's go somewhere else. Mm. This guy isn't the guy that, you know, we thought he was, and mm. he's acted in a way that's completely unprofessional. Let's, let's get you out of this environment. So I'm not saying all coaches are like that, but... College is brutal, eh? What, what can you add to that? Well, I mean, you went to the States and played across at a good level. Was it kind of like that as well? Well, I think the difference, I, I, I always compare it to here. And I know for lacrosse here, we're still in the growth phase where we're still trying to get players to come in. And you're building the sport, right? Yeah, yeah if we're cutthroat here and tell kids, you know, you're not good enough, we're going to cut you from the team, they're just going to leave and yeah. quit the sport and we need to keep as many players as we can. Whereas over there, They've got the plethora of players, you know, they, they can just pick up the next local kid who's just as good, if not better than yeah. me. So I just went, I was there with mentality, I just got to ball out. Because if you don't ball out, you're going to get cut. Yeah. And now, you know, that is, that is just the competitive nature of college. And some people are bred for it and some people aren't. What about, what's some advice you can give to people that don't get given an opportunity right away and are put on the bench? What can they do? You really just gotta keep working hard, honestly, and like going to the gym. Also, telling your, asking your coach like what are the areas that I need to work on because I know there's one boy that in my team last year didn't play anything, like any minutes for the first team. He went to coach the next semester and asked him, hey, what are the things that I need to work on to get me into this first team? He gave him a certain like gave him five things to do and he's now playing the first team almost starting every game. That's just it, you yeah. just gotta be I a love dog. That. You just yeah. gotta be a dog. You do, you honestly you just gotta listen to the coach, see what he wants from you, and then if you do that sort of thing you will get rewarded for it. It's what me and Amra always talk about, it's just a dog mentality. Yeah. Some people have it, some people don't, but you need that. You need to get after it and I'm not saying like it's the parents' fault or anything like that, that people are soft. I just think it's a culture thing. Um, I think that there's a lot of levels in New Zealand you can play at, a lot of great levels that you can play at, and it puts less pressure on people. And when they go to the States, it's like, if I don't perform at the school, I'm gone. Yeah. And then the what if is very scary because it's super competitive to go get scholarships out there. And so if you do have an opportunity to play in college, you have to, like you said, ball out. It's really important to put your best foot forward. And is it is it just effort on the training field, or would you say it goes deeper, like attitude and class oh, ac well? academic, like academics. Okay. A lot of a lot of freshmen this year were not doing very well. Like, I had one of the boys was like, "Hey, I'm really struggling here. Like, a zero point nine GPA." Oh no! Oh, like, oh no! That's just how asking can, for issues. How can points. you do that? And <laughs> yeah. he's like, "I just haven't been trying." I'm like, if you don't try, Coach is going to get you in, and he's going to and what happened? Like, he's going to like yell at you, and he. Next two weeks after that, he comes, goes, he's like, oh, there are some boys in this team that really need to get their GPA up or they're probably going to get cut. Yeah, because you're violating the NCAA rules. Yeah. yeah, and you're not eligible to play. And he's like, if you're not going to be eligible to play, why keep you in the team? Mm. There you go. It's called student athlete, right? Yeah, exactly. Student athlete. Do you get any academic tutors? I don't, but we do have um, a building called the Champions Centre, which gives you tutors from like students and teachers to help you with your work. Just for athletes? Uh, for anyone. Oh, anyone? anyone even yeah. normal students? Even normal students, cool, yeah. But also like professors do help you out a lot. So if yeah. you have like a question, you email them and they'll be like, yeah, you just need to do this, this and this to yeah. do well in the assignment. So 
you're, you're in your senior year right now. Yeah. You're graduating in May, which is exciting, just around the corner. And um, what's your plans after college? Um, I'm thinking of coming back here because I also because I'm going to try to do teaching. So cool. I'm going to come back here and I need to do a year of teachers' college. Is that in Palmerston North? You no, got, I can do. I can do it in Auckland. You can do it in Auckland too. Auckland. Oh, cool. And I'm going to try get my teacher's degree here because I need to do another year of teachers' college yep. and then some other electives I might have to do here to cross credit. And then I don't know. We'll see what happens with. That is hopefully you get a job somewhere. Nice. So I've been working at St. Kent's Pret. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Working as like a gappy, which yeah. has been really nice. So. You did that last break, didn't yeah. you? So That's I'm hope, hoping I can stay back there. So. Yeah. I, when I saw you fitness training out of Melons Bay, yeah. I think you were doing it back then. Yeah. Or was that last yeah. break? No, yeah, it? that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're running up that big grass bank. Yeah, shout um, out to Zorro's PT. Yeah. <laughs> our sessions. Yeah, Zorro. Chris Orochich um, told me to turn up to this, uh, this, these boys are doing some fitness training and I rocked up with a coffee for Zorro and I and we're standing at the top of this like road and it's just this grass bank that just goes straight down. These boys are doing like shuttle sprints up this grass bank. Oh, I need to start doing that soon. <laughs> yeah. oh, maybe you should take him bro. Yeah. Yeah. Chris got, Chris got you for that. Yeah, 100%. So in terms of like some advice for a lot of athletes that are listening to this that want to go to the States. What advice could you give athletes around the divisions? Like, there's a lot of stigma around people going to D1 over D2 or D2 over Juco. Like, what advice could you just give all athletes that are interested in going to the States? So what I've got from it is that there's quite the same similar level, but it's just more funding for different divisions. So division gets a lot more funding, more teams, and then like D2 is the same. Like, we have a lot of more funding compared to junior college and there's probably a lot more competitive teams but it makes it like funner if you're doing like junior college where you can you know that's the word like you have the time to get those minutes in and be able to yeah. do what put some runs and develop, and develop, yeah, develop the game yourself, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. and like figure out what you want like what yeah. you think you can be but when you get to like D2 you're trying to have that like refined game so you can get those game times straight off the bat yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I use this. I just videoed this morning um, some content for our Instagram reels, just to, some advice for athletes. And I thought of it the other day. I was like, everyone wants the best house on the best street, right? Mm. But sometimes people can't afford that best house on the best street, so they'll go buy a house in a different location, which is more affordable, mm. renovate it, let it grow in value, sell it, and then go and buy that that really nice house that they yeah. want. It's a process. And yeah. Exactly, and it's like same with college. Everyone wants to go to the biggest and best school that they can go to right away, but you might not get the return on investment that you want, which is minutes or scholarship funding. So you might have to choose another school to go and develop to build that CV mm. to then go again. And you did that. And you yeah, did. that's exactly what I did. Yeah. College. Just got to trust in the process. Yeah. Eh? And you still graduate within four years. Like you do two years at JUCO, you do two years at Barton. Your degree is going to say Barton. Yeah. It's going to say nothing to do with junior so, college. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it gave me a good scholarship as well, because being a transfer, some schools give you good scholarship yeah, they money. Do. So <laughs> I was yeah, like, thank do. God I did those two years <laughs> of being a junior Yeah. Platform sports manager, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but then also like, you know, we one of our one of our mates um, that we've been chatting to is a D one coach for water polo, his mm. name's Sefa, he's an absolute legend. And Sefa did two years at a community college, but he graduated from Cal Berkeley. Yeah. His degree says Cal Berkeley. 
So yeah, one of my mates was doing the same thing. He went to UC Davis. Did oh, there years, you go. Two years at Water Polo yep. and some junior college, and then went UC Davis. Oh yeah, nice. That's where that's where Dylan Wood graduated from. He played footy there as well. But I mean, it's I guess like one thing that people can't control is the coaches. Like mm. coaches leave. Like your coaches yeah. left. New coaches came. Two in. weeks before preseason, he left. There you go. And you know that that that's something that we just can't control. The people just like us and they're chasing opportunities just like us as well and so you need to be able to be flexible mm. and adaptable when you go to college eh? if yeah. you're if you're quite um, focused on one school and one school only I think that's where it can be a little bit of challenging yeah. obviously you want to stay at a school for four years you don't want to move around as we mentioned earlier you know and getting a rental car and a rental van and yeah. taking all your belongings eight hours drive but it's nice to have options. Exactly. Yeah. Like you need it. Like Seb said, you have to be open-minded about the college system. There's a lot of unknowns out there. I think that if you just expect that it's going to be challenging in the stage, you'll probably do better. Yeah. Honestly, it was because I had no expectation of how it was going to go. Yeah. So having that open mind and feeling like you were you are going to have a challenge because it's new culture, yeah. new way of learning. It was made a lot more fun to do, so yeah, yeah, I was really happy that I did go to the States. No, man, it's, you're doing so good, and I mean, we're looking forward to seeing you finish the, the spring semester strong, and I look forward to seeing you back in uh, New Zealand in May, man. It's yeah. good to have you around here running back with Western Springs. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, you'll have a high price tag on you, mate. <laughs> you'll be able to get paid after college, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah there'll be, if, you, if you need an agent, uh, let us know, I know someone <laughs> that, can, that can help you out. <laughs> but oh, no, good. appreciate that, mate. Should and wrap uh, this one up? Yeah, all good. Until next time. Until next time. Platform podcast, baby. Platform podcast. Beautiful.